This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution. That will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hi, everybody. We're here. Welcome to Episode 1, our debut of BXB, the Bronx Baseball Podcast. I'm Sweeney Murdy, along with Keith McPherson. Keith, here we go, man. September 1, we're ready to roll. Good morning, Sweeney. Good morning, everyone, Yankees fans. It's not a great morning, but it's a a good morning to start this show. I'm super pumped for it, excited about it. Uh, Talking to Sweeney just a few minutes ago, I was saying how, you know, football kicks off in a week. And WFAN is going to be dominated by football talk. And now we have this space specifically for Yankees talk in a time where everybody's going to be talking about the Yankees in September going into October with the current state of the team. So let's get it. BXB, Bronx Baseball, Sweeney Murdy, Keith McPherson, uh, episode one. We're the guys who every night are talking about the Yankees post game, after the game. When you turn on the radio station, you hear John and Susan. And then after that, it's me and then it's Keith. So we're the ones bringing you Yankee recaps. We're bringing it for you here in a little bit longer form discussion and uh, hopefully something that you'll be happy about because Keith, frankly, everything the Yankees have been doing lately, there's not a lot of happy stuff going on. Oh man. It's funny how things come full circle, right? I've said this a bunch on air uh, and I've told you this Sweeney, Last year, 2021, with the up and down roller coaster season the Yankees had, when the Yankees would lose games, I got to the point late in the season where I couldn't listen to the post game anymore. I couldn't listen to manager Aaron Boone act like things were what they actually weren't. So I would go to Sweeney Murdy for the post game because in the post game with Sweeney, they'll just give you a couple lines from Aaron Boone. And Sweeney has such a measured neutral even keeled approach it would calm me down it would calm me down and do you still want me to have that approach right now it's been a long year keith you know that and and you've been on our side of it now for a year do you still like i have some things to say but generally i do like to stay on that even keel to make sure everybody keeps coming back what do you think i i don't know i think this is a podcast (laughs) we can be different than we are on air like Am I allowed to curse here? Am I allowed to let some frustration out? Like, we'll see how it goes. But uh, I, I appreciate your approach, and uh, it'll be needed here. And I'll try to add some balance as well. I'm, I'm the fan, right? I'm the fanalist. So I'm going to give you the, the feelings and emotions of the fan. I'm, I'm wearing the bleachers right field shirt. I'll be there Monday. Like, we're going to be in there with this team experiencing this ride into the postseason or potential collapse. I don't know. Yeah, I want to get into that in a minute, but let's let's go back to Wednesday night's game, okay? Um, this was, I mean, listen, this is obviously problematic because of one big inning. Um, 
a lot of attention to Isaiah Connor-Falefa, who made his first error in a long time, but it was a costly one because Garrett Cole gave up a three-run homer on the next batter, and he didn't have to do that either. Let's remember that Garrett Cole gets paid a lot of money, and this is the time of year when even after an up-and-down season, he should be peaking. He should be at his best, and I think he was at this point last year before the injury. That is that is as much on him as it is on IKF for me, Keith. Yeah, speaking of fans, Garrett Cole, Yankees fan today, tomorrow, forever, grew up going to the Big A, growing up as a Yankees fan in California, but his home stadium was the same stadium he was in last night, and he's dominated there. Uh, going into the game, he was 8-1 and one there. I posted a screenshot of the box score from a year ago exactly, September 1st. He went seven innings. He had 15 strikeouts. We needed that Garrett Cole last night. And uh, something I said going into the game uh, was that the Yankees started to find their identity again Tuesday night, but then they go right back to not knowing who they are. And I'll say this, another fan reference. That fan running on the field was a sign of things to come. On-field antics would follow after those on-field antics. It threw things off a bit, and you saw what happened after that. Yeah, you know, listen, for, for, well, for one thing, I, t- I have a friend who was actually at that game last night, and I asked him what happened in the stands. He said, Judge threw a ball to a guy in the stands, and the guy dropped it. So he jumped down to get the ball, and that was probably – like he wasn't one of these drunk fans running around. Oh, the field. wow. And that's why he wasn't tackled and rushed out. So – I know on the broadcast, they, and they don't show these guys anymore because they don't want to encourage them, but they made reference to the fact that he was being slowly walked out. And my friend who was sitting like in right field last night saw what happened and and described it to me that way. But let's remember, okay, before we like talk about Garrett Cole not being able to handle it, he got the first batter right after that because it was a fly out. And then Fletcher hit a ground ball to the left side. That was the, uh, the, the play by Donaldson, then the error that put him on second, okay? That's a base hit. Let's, uh, that's one runner's on. The next was the ground. He got a ground ball on the very next ball. And that's mm-hmm. when I KF booted. This is not Garrett Cole getting giving up three straight homers after a fan run over the field. What Garrett Cole is largely responsible for is knowing that that's the one batter he can't let beat him and making a terrible pitch with the two guys on. But, Keith, I'm not ready to pin this whole meltdown on a fan running onto the field. No, I'm not, but I'm just a superstitious baseball fan. I feel like the baseball gods, something was thrown off. You know, Garrett Cole is a guy that everyone attaches to Billy Crystal now because Billy Crystal was out there on opening day and uh, first pitch was delayed by a couple minutes and you know what happened on opening day. But yes, going back to Garrett Cole, right? This is supposed to be the ace of the staff. This is supposed to be a $36 million starter. (laughs) This is a guy that you're expecting to go to on the rubber match and get a good performance out of and not be rattled in that moment. And I knew as soon as reigning AL MVP Shohei Otani comes to the plate, it is all going to go bad. And the moment that uh, that hit by pitch or almost hit by pitch happened where you see Otani wave, like maybe kind of sort of it got me and he looked to his dugout, they get on the phone, they check it and review it. It goes from, I think, 2-0 to now Garrett Cole having to throw a strike. And you see Cole's face. The camera pans to Cole shaking off a sign, and his face is red. He looks like he's about to cry before throwing the pitch. And then that would be a 98-mile-an-hour fastball over the middle of the plate, and the rest is history. 
Yeah, that was listen, and that was the bad listen. That was a bad pitch. Now he's his numbers look okay, two point one six ERA over his last five starts. But the Yankees haven't scored; they've lost four of those games, and that's a big part of last night too. Um, and I want to get into that offense, you know. But listen, Garrett Cole has a penchant for giving up home runs. He has uh, some big time hitters this year that have hurt him, which is dangerous sign for me in the postseason. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hurt him. Rafael Devers has hurt him. Um, you know, Jose Ramirez has beaten him a lot in the past these are guys that you could see in a playoff situation kind of thing and big hitters Otani last night um an example of that just the kind of hitter that could hurt him but Isaiah Connor Falef has taken a lot of heat this morning it's his first error in a long time he hasn't had a good defensive season necessarily from optics although the metrics people point to show him better than maybe we think he is. He hasn't contributed as much offensively and the team is losing. Keith, I think that is as big a factor here in what we're seeing is how people are reacting. It's everything else going on around him, not just IKF in a vacuum. I, I feel bad for the guy, right? It's a play that he should have made. And uh, I know it was his 12th error. When you see that 12 number, it's like, okay, this guy's had a ton of errors. It's this not year. a huge number for a shortstop, Keith. It's not for as, ma- as many of, and he made a good play after that, right? So for as many good plays as he's made this year, it's always the ones that go this way that stand. Like, I, I feel bad for the guy, but I can't feel bad for the guy because. That's his job, this, man. Catch at this ball. point, exactly. You're supposed to make that play. Like I said, it's a, it's a play he's supposed to make. And then Aaron Boone going back to the post-conference. I'll read Aaron Boone's quote that everyone got upset about which added more fuel to the fire. Boone said, he's been one of the best defenders in the league at shortstop. Shortstop, infielders, you make an error every now and then. How many is that? It's a play he should have made, but he's been one of the best defenders. He didn't make the play at the time. And it's like, here we go again. Boone, you're telling us something that we're not seeing. And people are pulling up the stats and advanced metrics to say that this isn't true. But ultimately... This is the guy that the Yankees chose to be the shortstop of this team. Like you already said, he, he, he's got 38 RBIs, one homer, RBI, singular. Uh, 38 RBI, one homer. He hasn't done it at the plate. And then when big moments like that happen, and he, you know, the guy said it was brutal, and he's taken the loss on his own shoulders. I don't know. It's just a snowballing effect. It's one thing after the other. I'll ask you, like, offensively is where, you know, he has not been a major contributor. I know it wasn't supposed to be, but that's part of the storyline here, too. Obviously, because of short steps that were available. But, you know, if you look around, like, like I look at Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson doesn't rate very highly defensively. He make, He's made a lot more errors than IKF. But, you know, the guy is, you know, like, he, he competes for batting titles. So, you know, you kind of excuse some of that defense. I want to give you another number here. and Tell me what you think about this, okay? If... IKF was batting 260 and had almost 20 home runs this year. Would you would you maybe think a little bit less of a microscope on his defense because yeah. you know you'd be contributing a little bit more offensively? Yeah, I think I've read somewhere that the Yankees have lost uh double digits, maybe 15 one-run games. Yeah. And if he's got more home runs, maybe well, that changes it. Yeah. Uh they lost seven just in the month of August. But the guy I'm talking about, 260 and 17 homers right now, that's Bo Bichette. 
But Bo Bichette is among the league leaders in errors. He is not having a good defensive year. He's actually having a down offensive year for him too. But if I just said, hey, would you rather have Bo Bichette right now? You'd say, yes, absolutely. But that guy is not playing a great defensive shortstop. So I think we kind of tend to drift on how we measure them sometimes because of offensive contributions. I'm not excusing what the play he made last night. I, I do think he's been better lately because I had a story a couple of weeks ago about how he went to Travis Chapman, the Yankees infield coach, exactly a month ago on August 1st and said, this is the worst defense I've ever played. I need help. And they went out every day working on a specific play to the backhand side and a quick release. And if you notice, he had not made an error in over a month, I think, until last night. Um, it's just that, you know, last night was a big spot and it's part of an overall picture that we have in our mind. It's just a bad time to make that error, you know, with the with the game on the line, the series on the line, win 80 on the line, the last West Coast game of the year on the line, and uh, a West Coast trip that just went bad for the Yanks. And here we are September 1st. What also has compounded with all of this is the fact that Oswald Peraza's name is around every single thing with the Yankees. And people are saying, we have a shortstop. We have a young prospect. You saw Gunnar Henderson get called up. For the Orioles yesterday, he hits a home run in his first at bat. We've seen the Braves, the Mets, other top teams call up prospects. Even the Dodgers call up prospects and then make immediate impacts. Now, yes, the Yankees did call up Oswaldo Cabrera, um, but I don't think they're really that interested in him playing shortstop that much, right? We've seen him in right field a bunch now, and some people are saying he's the better option at shortstop than IKF. It's just a little bit of a mess right now. I think uh, we're confused as fans. And a take that I had on Monday was, you know, after the game, I think Monday, maybe it was Tuesday. I was like, these guys are in an identity crisis. They're in an identity crisis. They don't know who they are. They're trying to find that identity from the beginning of the season, and it's gone. It's not there. They don't know that they're the New York Yankees stepping in and getting everyone's best shot. They don't know that this is the World Series for the Angels and two MVPs that are going to miss the postseason again. They don't know that it's going to be a packed house, uh, a sellout everywhere they go on the road because everyone's going to give them their best punch. So there's some soul searching to do. And it's September. This is the last month. This is the last stretch to figure it out. Tuesday's game was interesting because it felt like it was dropped out of a time capsule. Like that game hit a bunch of home runs early run it out with the bullpen and shut them down. Like that's a game that happened in May and June. You know, yeah. that, that's, that's how the Yankees won and got off to this big start, which is why they're still in first place. So like I mentioned, like that game just looked like first half Yankees and you're like, okay, maybe that leads to something. It hasn't yet because obviously the bad loss, listen, they've got a month left here and it's like, it's crunch time now. And I'll admit to you, I'm starting to panic a little bit, Keith. I don't usually use that word. I actually am starting to get there. For weeks, I said, my concern level is high, but my panic level is low. And that's, <laughs> that's because a that's a better way. To it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's because the lead was 11 games, 10 games, nine games, six now, games. Now the lead is six games and you're going into Tampa. It's time to panic. You also face Tampa at home next weekend. It's time to panic. Because these guys can't control their own destiny at this point, right? We we say it's all right in front of them, but there's another team over there managed by Kevin Cash that smells, uh, you know, that the Yankees are struggling, that senses there's blood in the water. 
they're going to be coming after the New York Yankees. And if these guys aren't ready for that, we are heading towards a potential collapse. And this is a team that was 15 and a half games up where they were being compared to the 1998 Yankees. They were compared to the best Yankees teams and World Series teams. And now they're in peril. Now they're, I don't know, this this could be a historic collapse. So this month of September is going to be nuts. I've been online talking about it. I'm like, in the midst of all this, let's not forget that Aaron Judge is chasing history as well, right? So the Yankees team is fighting against history. And Aaron Judge is chasing history. The stadium's going to be packed. People are going to be there to watch Aaron Judge hit home runs. Some of them have no idea that the Yankees are potentially squandering a 15-and-a-half game lead. It's it's uh, it's baseball. You can't explain it. You can't predict it. And it's been a wild ride. I'm, I'll say this, Sweeney. Last year, I was really on the roller coaster. I said this on air a couple of nights ago. My heart was on that roller coaster with last year's team up and down and up and down and no consistency, uh, uh, a win streak, a race by a losing streak. This year, I feel like my feet are on solid ground and I'm watching some friends and some other people I know on the roller coaster and I'm just watching it go like, yeah, I've been on that ride and I can't take that ride again this year. I'll see you when the ride ends. I don't know how it's going to end, but I'm hoping for the best. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. You're listening to the debut episode of BXB, Bronx Baseball Podcast. Sweeney Murdy, Keith McPherson. It's brought to you from Odyssey. We're available on all your favorite podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, Will they collapse or won't they? I think that's a question that we tend to answer really, Keith, with our emotion of the moment. Like right now, there's nothing that's telling us not to say, yeah, they're going to collapse, right? Because we can't see the other side of this. I want to give you a little history lesson because this is kind of well, this is my wheelhouse. This is what I excel at. I'm a little bit older than you. The gray hairs prove it, right? But <laughs> I've I looked this up and I posted a column online today. It's on WFN.com. If you check out my Twitter feed, which is at Yankees WFAN, and don't forget Keith, Keith, your your Twitter your Twitter feed is at Keith McPherson. Yep. So for those of you want to follow us here. Um, there are a few lessons to learn from the 1996 World Series champions, okay? And I'll capsulize this for you a little bit without going into all the details. You can check out the column online. But the 1996 Yankees had a 12-game lead at the end of July. By early September, about six weeks later, it was down to two and a half games. The Orioles were chasing them. This is Cal Ripken, Mike Messina, Rafael Palmero, Bobby Bonilla, those Orioles, right? Um, Brady Anderson. 
they had cut the lead to two and a half games. The Yankees lost, went 13 and 17 in August. They had a miserable August. They had trade deadline acquisitions that some of them weren't really doing anything yet. And you wondered why they made the moves. And they were in danger of collapsing. And keep in mind, that team had not won anything yet. First-year manager Joe Torre, uh, you didn't know what was going to happen here. Well, that team recovered in September. They stretched out the lead again, held off Baltimore. They beat the Orioles in crucial series, won 13 of their last 20. As we all know, now know, Keith, you know, they finished strong, won the division, won the World Series. And some of the guys they traded for, which appeared to be just like busts or damaged goods, were monster performers for them, like Graham Lloyd and David Weathers in the bullpen in 1996. So there is a time to flip this script and rewrite this script, as Reggie Jackson liked to say. You hold the pen in your hand, you can change the story, right? And Brian Cashman and, and Aaron Boone have both talked about that before. I, I always say, though, I understand why you don't want to believe that, because you can't see it right now. We can't ever see it reversing from the course that you're currently on. I'll say this to that. Um, did that team change the lineup every day? Did that team rest players every series? Did that team put players in the lineup that had been struggling just to give them some run? Or did they play their best guys every time? Also, looking at the schedule coming up in September, was that team facing the team that was second place on their heels? Yes. yes. Did they face them? Let's see, six times they're going to face Tampa coming up. Uh, they're also going to face the Minnesota Twins here for four. The Twins are fighting yeah. to get in the postseason themselves. Uh, they're also going to face the Brewers on the road for three. The Brewers are fighting to get in the postseason themselves. And then, hey, don't forget about the Blue Jays and the Orioles at the end of September. They have to go back to Toronto late in the month. Toronto, they've been up and down as well. They're going to be fighting for their lives. And then that last series that starts at the end of September on the 30th going into October is against the Orioles. The Orioles could be literally fighting to put their franchise back in the postseason. It's been a long time. That's why I say there are other guys that get paid on the other side. There are other hungry, motivated teams that want this. The Yankees got to want this. They got to know they're getting everyone's best shot. Aaron Boone himself said, the league has closed the gap on us. He said that when the season ended last year. Do these guys know that? Do they feel that? Do they have a sense of urgency? We've been saying it now for two months. This is the last month that things can be urgent and you hope with call-ups. I don't know. Maybe they call somebody up, but I'm not hoping on that. I already feel like I know it's about to be Marwin Gonzalez and uh, maybe another arm. But guys are supposed to be getting healthy, right? Nestor Cortez coming back. Uh, we just got we Clay Holmes and yeah, we just got Clay Holmes and, and John Carlo back, which is great. But we're expecting Luis Severino. Harrison Bader is supposed to be hitting off a tee, making his um his return soon. Matt Carpenter, how's the foot doing? Will he be available later in this month? Will this team be able to get whole? Uh Zach Britton potentially. Um, will this team be able to get whole? and be able to put their best foot forward. I am I'm really hoping that we get to a point in this season, or really like this, this month, that the philosophy changes some from, we're all right, we have a lead, we can rest guys, we're all right, we can change the lineup every day, we're all right, we can, you know, 
make some different moves that aren't necessarily winning moves to know every game is important because I feel like if they start playing with that playoff mentality, right, like do or die, they need to start playing like that now because I do not believe that this switch, this imaginary switch that they talk about every year, oh, when it, when they get to October, they'll be all right. They'll flip the switch. I don't believe in that. You have to be developing good habits. I feel like they need to start playing with their hair on fire right now. See, I don't think they talk about the lead because they always kind of, you know, they they do not talk about the lead. We're the ones, we're the ones looking from the outside, and we can and I'm as guilty of it as anybody, right? Say it's okay. They have the big lead. They have time to get they have time to get this going. We're the ones who kind of use that to rationalize what we see when they go through an inevitable losing streak because you know it's not they weren't going to win 120 games i think we all know that um but if you look at what's coming up ahead now you're right reason to be worried about tampa bay but here's another thing for me okay like i i people they ask me like i've had friends ask me is this going to be the 78 Yankees Red Sox, right? The 78 Yankees storm back and erased a 14 and a half game lead. They beat the Red Sox. You know, that Yankees team was defending World Series champion, had Hall of Famers. That's a great team. Okay. I don't think the Yankees are being chased by a great team. I don't. I think Tampa Bay has played well. I don't think they're a great team. They're still six back, six mm-hmm. head to head meetings. I get it. But look at the rest of Tampa Bay's schedule. They've got a tough schedule here. They play Toronto two more times uh, for a total of, let's see, five. They have nine games left with Toronto. Nine head-to-head with the Blue Jays. They have seven games, sorry, six games with Houston, okay? They have not played the Astros yet this year. They're going to play them six times in September. They've got three with Cleveland still. Uh, I don't think Tampa has an easy schedule. I, they played 18 and nine in the month of August while the Yankees played 10 and 18. That's why they've cut this gap. That has to, that trend has to continue in for a whole other month, Keith, for Tampa to overtake the Yankees. So I think there is room here because as much as I respect Tampa Bay and what they do and how well they've played to overcome injuries, I don't look at them and say, that's a great team. I say that's a team that's chasing the Yankees who aren't playing very well themselves. They clearly need to get it back together themselves. Sure. Uh, they just lost Shane McClanahan or at least saw him, uh, you know, leave the the bullpen before his first start or his first start, his last start. So, I mean, you know, we've gone through injuries. Other teams are going through injuries. Uh, there is no guarantee that Tampa stays uh, hot and, and scorches through September either. Right? They could falter. But for the Yankees, right? They have to control their own destiny. They got to handle their own business. Boone said it again last night. It's all right in front of us. It is. That that was a winnable game. That was a winnable series. They could have honestly swept the Angels. Yeah. And they shouldn't have they shouldn't have split with with Oakland going back to that series. They they know how to ruin a good weekend. I was having a good weekend and then Saturday they go to extras <laughs> and I stop what I'm doing. I have a drink in my hand and I decide to actually really lock in Instead of hanging out and watching with you know a side eye, and then they blow that game and they show up Sunday, the body language told you they were one foot out the door, and you can't afford to be. Uh, I look at Aaron Judge having a historic year, a contract year, a guy that bet on himself, right? How's he feel about this? It's it's kind of soured his his chase that they're not playing as well as they were, and uh, there's conversation around him. Does he want to stay here? Does he feel like he can win here? 
And of course, I feel like he can win here. I feel like they're going to do everything that they can to keep him, but he's going to enter free agency in this offseason. So it's like, I look at this right now. If they if they don't fix this right now, this month, this could spiral out of control. This could be a doomsday in the making. So here we go. Uh, I always say on the radio, we take this day by day, series by series, week by week, month by month. That's all you can do. And you got to hope that they can go into Tampa, which has been a house of horrors. Tropicana Field that I, I call Trashicana Field. It's a dump. You know, that that turf down there. We've seen Judge and Stan have issues with the turf. How are they going to play, you know, Judge out there? Judge is due for a rest. Uh, but the fans will riot if he rests during this chase for 62-63. Uh, there's so much going on in the Yankees universe around this team right now. Um, Fingers crossed. I did not expect the Yankees to be here. I expected it to level out. Baseball has a way of evening itself out. But I did not expect the Yankees to be in peril going into September. Level out. You've you've been reading my tweets. That, that's something from like that. That's one of my expressions. It's going to let you know it's not collapse. It's leveling out. We're right. heading towards collapse now. But what they did for probably like uh, July, I think, was leveling out. August was just flat out miserable. 10 and 18 in August, man, that homestand was just not like I went to three games in the homestand, all three L's, uh, you know, they had to. Oh, so it's your fault. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, take some blame in it. I'm superstitious <laughs> like that. <laughs> no, I know a lot of fans. There's a lot of fans that like keep their record. And uh, a lot of fans had a good record at the stadium in the beginning of the year. Not so hot now. Uh, you don't hope. think the fans haven't reminded me, Keith, that my first year covering the Yankees on a beat was 2001. And so in the 20, this is now in year 22, one world series. I've had Mike Francesa used to hit me with that on the air. You know, he used to say, you know, the only way, you know, before they won, they finally won in 2009, got me off the hook a little bit, but don't think fans haven't reminded me that there's one, <laughs> one on my watch. They You're want you out. They want you out. If this whole thing collapses, Sweeney, they're going to say, that's it. This guy, He's got to go. They're they're going to ask for you to be out before Boone or Cash. Well, no, they definitely <laughs> ask for those guys. Um, I, I want to get into that and judge, actually. Uh, let's remind people that you're listening to the debut episode of BXB. It's the Bronx Baseball Podcast. We're talking Yankees, Sweeney Murdy and Keith McPherson. You can follow us on social, on Twitter, at YankeesWFAN, at Keith McPherson. You can subscribe, download, rate, review our podcast from Odyssey and all of your favorite podcast platforms. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You mentioned Aaron Judge, and 
this is clearly, uh, listen, I don't think it's a great debate for MVP. I think he is the MVP, but he can clearly push himself even farther over the top in this race with a big September that gets the Yankees out of this kind of put the team on his back kind of September and carry them through. Now, the question I have, Keith, is, is, is that going to, what is it possible for one player like that in this sport and in this lineup to do that? And really like, what do we like? I think he needs one. I think he just needs one more. I don't think the whole lineup needs to take off, but he needs one more guy. Because remember, like Maris had Mantle, right? Bonds had Jeff Kent in that lineup, an MVP caliber player and a you know a Hall of Fame caliber player right in that lineup with him. Judge needs Stanton or Rizzo or LeMahieu or one of these guys to step up all of a sudden and be part of that for the final month. Because, I, listen, Stanton got hurt, so I understand that. But the rest of these guys, what happened? Where are they? Yeah, you, you said the name that I thought of first, Rizzo. And that goes back to last night, right? Rizzo not in the lineup, and they asked Boone about it, and he says, he, you know, he, he he felt like something was weighing him down, or I forget how Boone... Clearly, it's the back issue again. We know it's the back, but so did he, like, come out and directly say, did the guy have, like, back spasms? Is is the back keeping... It doesn't matter what he said before the game, because late in the game... Rizzo appears. So he's available. He goes in the game. And Rizzo is a guy that hit two home runs in the series, the yeah. first two games, back-to-back. And I'm reading the Yankees pamphlet that they send out, and it, it talks about Rizzo. Nobody beats the Riz. And it says that 10 times in his career, he's hit home runs three games in a row. Why wouldn't we give him the opportunity last night? If he was available and he did go into the game late, that means he wasn't completely down from that back issue. He's a guy that I saw getting going this week, right? Maybe DJ comes around. Ben, ben Intendi hitting in front of Judge, I think he's there. Uh, Donaldson, I have no faith in. I I, I just don't. I, don't I, I haven't seen it enough. It's hit or miss. Uh, another guy in this lineup that we really need to get going now that he's back. His first game back was good. After that, his timing has been off. It's Giancarlo Stanton. You need Stanton to be the guy that he has historically been to help pick Judge up. Um, I don't know. With with rest, right? You saw them rest Stanton the third game back. Like, geez, the guy rested for a month. I don't know. So it's 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 hard to it's hard to put a finger on that. It's hard to say who's it gonna be because any of these guys could be out of the lineup for any reason, whether it's health, whether it's scheduled rest, whether it's matchup, they could be out of the lineup. Judge is going to be in that lineup carrying no matter what. He's carried them all season. And I think it's important to say that this guy moved over and played a bunch of center field this year. And if we're talking about Otani, I hate the fact that head-to-head, Otani showed who he was. He didn't pitch against the Yankees, but he won those two games. His home runs were the deciding factors in game one and game three that won the, the series for the Angels. That's an MVP. That's very valuable. But Judge showed up with two home runs as well. And uh, I'll say this for the listeners and for anyone else. When it comes to MVP, you have to factor in Judge's defense, what he's done defensively. If you're going to talk all about what Otani does on the mound, he's a pitcher, not an everyday position player. He doesn't play defense every day. Every fifth day he takes the ball, and he has been elite pitching this year. 
And he has 30 bombs, thanks to the Yankees giving him two. He has been what you expect from a DH. But Aaron Judge is out there every day, not just playing right field, but playing a dominant center field and leading the league in home runs by 20 and then also chasing history. Aaron Judge is the MVP. It's a really great point about the defense and him playing center field. Now he's played basically he plays about an average center field, but he plays it because the Yankees need it. Looks, him not to, to cut play. you off, I guess it looks above average to us because we have Aaron yeah. Hicks. <laughs> well, but he's also like you know, and he, you look at the guy say six seven, you're like, oh wow, look at him go. Overall, that's about an average center fielder, okay? But he's holding down the spot because Hicks was not able to this year. His defense regressed and his offense regressed, and so he's been pushed out of the picture. You're waiting for Harrison Bader to get healthy and and see and have him claim center field because that's why they got him. Um, you know, you hit on something though that is really going to be really key here. Aaron Judge has to play all three of these games. Now, when the lineup situations, I understand it. Listen, I'm around these guys and the players are, it's about health. Rest days are about maintaining health. It's not always about a guy is hurt so you give him a day off. You give a guy a day off so he doesn't get hurt. And that's a lot of, you know, the travel, the day games after nights, all these days in a row. They have a lot of like uh, sports science stuff that that kind of helps uh, guide them in that to make sure guys don't pull muscles while uh, they're playing at this uh, in, in this. You know, it's it's a lot of action in a short period of time when you consider the uh, uh, the this game schedule. Right. Even- so. Even if you're 23 years old and you just got called up, you got to rest going into an off day, just preemptive. Oswaldo Cabrera, yeah, listen, <laughs> they, right, that's you know, but he has played every day. Uh, but Aaron Judge has to play all three of these games, and the turf and the day game on Sunday are going to be factors they have to figure out how to get around. How he has to figure out how to get around because let's remember. They have an off day on Thursday, as you and I are talking. It is one of five off days on the September schedule. There are two uh, the week of September 12th. They are also off September 19th and September 29th. If rain factors in anywhere, maybe that changes things around. But they have five off days this month. Aaron Judge has to play all six of these games against Tampa Bay coming up in the next 10 days. And he's got to play, I would guess, pretty much every day. Um, if you want to give him one day over the course of this month, I, I I would get it. But a lot of it will depend on how the team is going and where they are, you know, where the standings are at that point. Uh, maybe one of the Pittsburgh games, you want to pick an opponent or something like that. But he's going to he, DH. He's gonna, he he's has gonna to DH. play all three of these games. He's going to DH the last game of the series going into the off days, right? Um, we've seen that before. We've even, we've even seen them DH him one day, uh, or like the second game of a series, then give him the third game off and then give him the off day. So he has like a two and a half day weekend. Uh, but you can't do that when you're chasing a home run record and you're also fighting against the collapse. You need the AL MVP in there. And if he's healthy and he says he's ready to go, he goes, but I expect to see him DH and then they'll put Oswaldo Cabrera in right field and Aaron Hicks in center field. And good luck, everybody. I uh, I, I do think we owe it to, to judge and to the fans who watch every day and listen every day to 
you know, appreciate, you know, listen, September 1st and the Yankees have been reeling in August and, you know, we spent, you know, this whole show pretty much, you know, talking about panic and collapse and all this, but Aaron judge is having a season that we need to appreciate and probably aren't as much because the whole team aspect over the last month has really taken this down. Aaron judge just hit 50 home runs for the second time in his career. That doesn't happen all the time. Mike Vaccaro wrote an excellent piece on it in the post uh, detailing just how special it is to appreciate that. Forget whether or not he gets to 60, or 70 or whatever, but he is chasing down Roger Maris. The Maris family uh, is, you know, they're watching. They're Yankee fans. I talked to Roger Maris Jr. a couple weeks ago, wrote a column about that on WFAM.com for this week. The Maris family is excited that their dad's name gets brought up again and that somebody is chasing that record, which is forget about clean, steroid free, whatever. It is still the Yankees record and it's still the American League record for home runs right. in a season. It's an important chase. And I don't think, you know, we have in our lifetime, in my lifetime, Keith, um, I watched Alex Rodriguez put put up probably the best season I've ever seen in person start to finish. Now, there's a big asterisk next to that because we know the PED connections. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, Don Mattingly had a season that was off the charts. When I was a teenager, I didn't watch it up close every day. I followed that in newspaper clippings this week in baseball and game of the week and things like that. Um, so uh, because I didn't grow up in New York, but those are the two best individual seasons probably of my lifetime as a Yankee and judges putting his stamp on that right now based on how he finishes. I think we owe a little respect to forget about whether or not he's the MVP or whether, you know, whatever happens to the Yankees as a team, just watch what he's doing. It is an amazing year. I love the guy. He is the Yankees. He is this era of the New York Yankees. And I love the fact that he bet on himself, you know, a guy that bets on himself and then goes crazy, goes absolutely insane. Like, that's my kind of guy. Pay that man. Everybody has said all season, yesterday's price is not today's price. The price has gone up. We know that. Yeah. But I'm scared. I'm scared that if this thing bottoms out, which bottoming out isn't just a potential collapse, right? There's levels to this collapse. Like, you know, they could they could win the division still by, I don't know, two, three games. Or they could lose the division and be a wild card. Then you go in as a wild card, uh, you might get bounced as a wild card, or you you advance as a wild card, you get bounced in the next round, whatever. Either way, if this thing comes up short, um, and whether he comes up short of the record, I have a fear that, you know, the taste in his mouth going into free agency, it isn't just about money. It's about money, which he's guaranteed to get top money. Yeah. But it's also about happiness and uh Feeling like you, you know, this is a guy that you want to see win a World Series. This is a guy you want to see hit home runs in October and propel a team to a World Series. He's from the West Coast. I know there's a lot of talk about it, and 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 people feel different ways about it. But as this thing unravels, and you watch it as a fan, you're like, why would he want to stay? So I I, I have a ton of respect for him. I have, uh, you know, talked about Judge for years. Uh, he's a freak. He's a mutant. An X Men. I don't I don't know. He's just a different he's a different type of baseball player than we've ever seen at his size and what he's able to do at the plate with his arm, with his ability in the field. He is the New York Yankees. He sells the most jerseys. People come out there strictly to see him. Uh, I, I hope that he doesn't ever wear another cap. But now that the Yankees, you know, didn't lock him up, that threat is real. And it's all a part of this, uh, you know, 
the season that I think a lot of Yankees fans have a lot of fear and it's turning into doomsday. It's September 1st. People are ready to tap into the Halloween and the spooky season. Well, it's getting spooky out there, folks. <laughs> I And I think the other issue that I think we're going to get into as we get going, because people are going to hear us. You're going to hear us twice a week, uh, all during September. And, you know, we'll see how far this run goes. And we're going to take you through October into the offseason here as well. But the futures of Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman are brought up daily on Twitter. It's it's not a now thing, okay? That's not changing right now, and I'm not one to say this person should or shouldn't get fired. I'm here to tell you if it's going to happen. What are the, you know how I, I I prefer to report on how accurate those kinds of things are, not just spew from wherever I am. Say fire this guy, fire that guy. Right. It doesn't work that way, okay? And nobody needs to pay me to do that because that's not my job. So. Um, I will. I think we should get into this as we see the direction the team is going over the course of the next couple of weeks because Brian Cashman's contract is up too. The Yankees have three very important free agents in my mind. They have Aaron Judge, they have Brian Cashman, and they have Matt Blake, pitching coach, who has done a fr- tremendous job here. He is due for a big raise too, uh, and we'll see what you know where his future goes. But a lot of that, Keith, still to come here because I mean we've covered a lot of ground here in episode one and there's still a month of exciting baseball to go uh really looking forward to this we'll tell people we're gonna we're gonna hit you twice a week after every series and look ahead to the next series and get you through a pennant race uh because i know we didn't expect maybe in june that you'd be excited about a pennant race about exciting september baseball but keith we've got exciting september baseball and i can't wait to cover it Oh, man. I mean, it's going to be exciting for sure. It's not the exciting that I had signed up for or hoped for, but (laughs) (laughs) here we are fighting against a potential collapse. I feel like it's going to be a nail biter. Last season, I'll say this as we close. Last season, I remember being at all three games of that Tampa series as the Yankees were trying to just win the series and get in. And it came down until uh, to that Sunday game, Aaron Judge at the plate, of course, Uh, He has to hit a single for the Yankees to walk off, win, and walk into the postseason. And, I mean, it felt good, but it also had a feeling of like, uh, they came up short, right? They're not going to host the the wild card game. They, you know, they they barely got in. That's not the way you want to feel going into October. You want to feel your best. You want to feel strong. Looking at the other side, the Rays were kind of just like, eh, we're good. We're set up. You know, you still can't beat us. You still can't you know, take two out of three, you took one out of three and, and you, you know, ended up going to Boston for a wild card. So I think it's going to come down to the last couple series. Again, I'm a Yankees fan. I love the team, but I'm going to be honest with you guys. It, it didn't have to be this way. And uh, man, brace for impact. It's going to be a bumpy ride. It's already been a bumpy ride. <laughs> I will listen. I can't wait to keep following this. You, this is a lot of fun, and we're going to keep having fun with this. It's BXB Bronx Baseball Podcast covering the New York Yankees uh, from WFA and from Odyssey on all your favorite platforms. You can find us. Subscribe, rate, and review. You can follow me at Yankees WFAN. You can follow Keith at Keith McPherson. I'm going to leave you with this, Keith. One of my favorite movie lines ever from one of my favorite movies, The American President. Michael Douglas gets to the podium. He stands up and says, this is a serious time for serious people. It's September, Keith. It's a pennant race. This is a serious time for serious people, and I'm glad you're with me. Hey, it ain't over until it's over. I guess that's a yogiism, right? (laughs) Let's go Yanks.